Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. My name is Maddie. I am your host. Um, oh my gosh, I just made like a bunch of snickerdoodles. Like I, for some reason, didn't make a dozen normal size. I made like 30 ultra tiny ones because have you guys seen those videos of them doing mini pancakes as like pancake cereal? Anyways, that's kind of the thought I had. And so I made a bunch of mini snickerdoodles and then ate an entire bowl. And I'm like that... That level of full that like kind of hurts to breathe. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So this is probably a good time to sit down and record an extra long episode, which is exactly what I'm doing. How's everybody doing this week? I had a very lazy week. I don't know what it was. I'm already like pretty lazy, but this week especially I was ultra unmotivated. And I don't mean like, like when I say unmotivated, I mean like I didn't do anything some days. Like, not a joke. I did not do anything. For like the first five days of this week, the most exciting thing I did was buy a box of Apple Jacks. Like, I couldn't believe how useless I was. I asked you guys on my Instagram, like, what you do when you're feeling unmotivated. And you guys had a lot of really good answers. A lot of you, like, set timers. A lot of you uh, work out. A lot of you go get a snack or a coffee or a drink or whatever. And some of you just embrace it. And that is kind of the route I went. So now I'm sitting here recording on Saturday at 5pm when I planned on recording Wednesday morning or Thursday morning. So anyways, that's kind of where I'm at. But I'm excited about this topic. Today we are talking about the worst in-law stories, mother-in-law, father-in-law, sister-in-law, brother, whatever. Some, Some people submitted theirs of their own parents, so their husbands in laws. It's it's a wild ride. I also want to say there's another podcast doing this exact same topic this week. It's called What We Said. I'm pretty sure their episodes air on Tuesday. So if you're listening on Monday, it'll be out tomorrow. And a couple of people sent it to me and they were like, Oh my gosh, did you see this? Is that isn't that so annoying? Or like, did you take this from them? No, I did not take it from them. They did post theirs first, but I didn't see it. And it's a really highly requested topic. And I'm sure it was for them too. So listen to both. No reason why you should choose. Um, I ever since starting the podcast, I've like 
believed more than ever that a rising tide lifts all ships. Like the more podcasters, the more female podcasters and entertainers, the more successful we can all be. So I'm not even saying that to be cliche or anything. I'm saying it because it's true because there's enough support to go around. I think it's Eliza Schlesinger, the comedian, where she says the confirmation of one woman's existence does not negate your own or something like that. She says it funnier, but it's pretty profound if you think about it. Okay. So anyways, let's get into today. First, we got to do a Dum Dum Club check-in. Okay. So if you're new, we are all part of the Dum Dum Club. This is a club where we willingly discuss things that, not willingly, voluntarily, whatever, discuss things that we did not know until adulthood that we definitely should have learned like a long, long time ago. Um, if you don't know what I mean, you guys will just, just listen up. Okay. So some, some of our submissions today, some of our inductions into the club today, somebody thought that if you had a nephew, you were an uncle. And if you had a niece, you were an aunt. (laughs) Somebody thought BOGO just meant a big sale. She didn't know it meant buy one, get one. I told Matt this, and he says that it should be BOGO HO, buy one, get one, half off. But it's not always half off. Sometimes it's buy one, get one free. Sometimes it's BOGOF. Okay, um, somebody thought that OBO, like on a like on a Craigslist ad, like, uh, anyways, she thought it meant there was an OBO for sale. She didn't know what OBO meant. If anybody out there is listening and also doesn't know, it means or best offer. So if they're selling a couch, it's like $150 OBO, $150 or best offer. Anyways, you guys get what I mean. Next, somebody thought that the word fetish meant aversion. So like if you have a foot fetish, it means you like avoid feet. So she took off her shoes at work and she asked her coworker if she had a foot fetish. <laughs> so she's like, hey, I just want to double check. Do you have a foot fetish? <laughs> okay. Um, next one. She says that she's been spelling happiness wrong her whole life. She just barely learned that it's not H-A-P-E-N-I-S. That's how she's been writing it. She said she's always been, like she's been writing it in like wedding books, like a lifetime of happiness. <laughs> It's kind of a funny pun for a wedding book. Okay. Someone said, I was 19 when I found out RBF does not mean root beer float. I think she clarified that her grandparents or somebody grew up or taught her growing up that RBF was root beer float. If you're not sure what it is, just Urban Dictionary it. So I don't have to say it. Um, When I started the podcast, I was like, okay, I wonder how far in I'm going to need to be before my mom's okay with me saying swear words on it. And I've just gotten feedback that a lot of you listen like in the car with your kids or at your house while you're cleaning or something. So like um, I try and keep them to a minimum. We'll keep it sexy. We throw one in every now and then. But anyways, the last one, somebody thought that a brothel was a soup restaurant, like somewhere than where they sell broth. (laughs) That one is like, that one's like RBF. Like it could not mean something more different. Like it is the exact opposite. Oh, okay. So today, in-laws. Wow, what a ride this was. Um, I'm going to grade you guys on your ability to follow instructions this week. I did say email me the story. Remember that one week you guys hit 100%. This week, we are at like uh, probably 75. That's actually pretty good. Most of you guys emailed a few DMs. But like I said, when you DM me them, they get lost and I usually can't use them because they are buried beneath the depths of my DMs. So anyways, thank you to everybody who emailed in. I really, 
I know that, I mean, this was my most answered question, hands down. I know everybody's got a whole bunch of wild stories and I wish that I could use them all. I tried to narrow them down as much as possible, Um, but this is probably going to be a longer episode. I don't know how long it'll be, but it'll be substantial. And a lot of the stories that I got were kind of similar. Like a lot of you have had similar experiences with, you know, in-laws crossing boundaries or awkward situations or fights or whatever. So I tried to kind of get a collection of them. And we're going to talk about this. We are really, really going to get into this if I could find my paper. There it is. Okay, so let's just let's just get into it, I say. That's always what I say. (laughs) It's like always my instruction. Like I'm caught off guard. Like, should we get into it? I don't know. Yeah, obviously we are. That's what we're talking about. Okay, worst in-laws ever. Let's get started. She says, I'd been married for maybe a year and my mother-in-law came into my room on a trip one time to chat. She was telling me that their friends had marital issues and that it was a result of intimacy issues. She then looked at me and said, do you climax every time? First of all, that word, there is something about it that gives me eczema. I don't like it. I don't want to hear anybody say it, least of all, somebody saying it to their daughter-in-law. I'm not cool with that. No. Can you imagine saying that to your son's wife? Can you imagine hearing that from your husband's mom? I would die. Okay. Next, she says, recently my husband texted our family group message, which is his parents and his siblings, and asked who had my laptop. We had lent it to his parents last year and they and we thought they might have given it to one of the siblings to use. Anyway, his dad, my father-in-law, immediately responds. Important to note, he is the king of dad jokes and just has that generally goofy personality. This was his message. You gave it to me. I offered it to his daughter to use and she didn't take it. It sat in our living room for a while. So when you guys came back, you could take it. I hope you did because I can't find it. I hope it didn't end up on a stack of our other older laptops that I just recently dismantled, destroyed and threw away. I suspect it was and I'm truly sorry. <laughs> that, how about that? Like the progression of that text. He's like, well, I'm pretty sure my daughter has it. But also I'm pretty sure I left it here so you guys could get it. Also, there's a, maybe a chance that it was destroyed. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was definitely destroyed. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, okay, we'll get into that in a second. Let me finish it. She says, so I'm instantly thinking this is a joke because destroy a laptop, a brand new laptop that wasn't even yours. Yeah, there's no way that's real. People don't do that. I responded and said, wait, what? This is a joke, right? Because I had a, but I had a feeling it wasn't a joke. My father-in-law called me and explained that he was in fact serious. My laptop had been dismantled, destroyed and thrown away. Truly in that moment. And even still, I have no words to describe my utter confusion and bewilderment. (laughs) It makes no sense. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. I feel like maybe my grandparents would do this at some point, like would think that after you're done using a laptop, you have to destroy it. Otherwise, like, quote unquote, they can find you like nobody really knows what they're afraid of. But like someone, someone can find you through your laptop. Why do why do so many people's parents and grandparents have that conspiracy theory? Also, as I say, conspiracy theory, it is probably true. But like, what are you going to do? Like, I'm not doing anything illegal, so I don't really care what they see. Like, like the FBI agent, like, watching my laptop today, he has seen me wake up, make breakfast, sit on the couch, make snickerdoodles, and sit on the couch. That's all he's seen me do. Like, I'm not too worried about it. Um, Also, when people 
break something and they don't offer to pay for it. That is like a big red flag. Like, yeah, that's weird. Okay, next. She says, my in-laws made me call them Mr. and Mrs. until the day I was married. And then I was told in no uncertain terms that I could now call them what your husband calls us, meaning mom and dad. I must call them mom and dad. And if I use their first names, my father-in-law will ignore me or say who with an annoyed look on his face. When I'm feeling salty, I do it just to piss him off. I wasn't against calling them mom and dad when it felt natural, which I know will probably be never after I got to know them. But I have my own mom and dad. Thank you. I choose who gets that title. Yeah, I am. I am not on team call parents who are not yours, mom and dad. Um, But like, do you if like you're into that? Like, I don't think I could could ever do that. And my in-laws don't call my parents mom and dad. I would feel extremely weird if my sister-in-law, like my brother's wife called my mom mom because like she has a mom, you know, it's weird. Okay, next. My father-in-law refuses to admit he is wrong or has said something bad, insensitive, or completely inappropriate under any circumstance, which is a regular occurrence. What is with offensive father-in-laws? Like, what is it with humor of that generation that is like, let's make women uncomfortable? Like, why is that so funny to them? Okay. She says, um, once he tried to tell me after I had my second baby that men suffer just as much from pregnancy and childbirth as women. Don't even get me started on this. Okay. Do not, do not get me started on this. How in any sense of the word does a male go through the same experience as a female during childbirth? Absolutely never. When I was like, how in the actual hell do you think this? He insisted that men have to deal with how emotional women are and how their body looks different, etc. Okay. Greg, I don't know if that's his name, but Greg, you're sitting here complaining about how your wife's body looks after she grew a human with like four seconds of your help and then pushed the baby out of her pelvic bone and a whole, I'm not even going to go there. So you're mad at how her body looks after that. But here you are, probably in your 60s, probably overweight, probably balding. Who said dad bods were cool, but mom bods were not? I am into a good mom bod. A little extra flab, a few stretch marks. It's a little bit of uh, a little bit of flavor, if you will. No. How about, don't, <laughs> I got a DM one time. I, I uh, posted something about men balding and how if you're balding, you should just shave your head. Because like, I feel like guys usually look pretty good with bald heads. Um, but anyways, somebody messaged me and they were like, men should not have to cater to your standards. They're under enough pressure or like something stupid like that. And she was like, it's just not fair to mention their looks. They can't control their, their hair or their height. And I'm like, okay, so as soon as men stop critiquing, um, women's bodies, skin, hair, teeth, smile, intelligence, uh, personality, sense of humor, height, style did I already say sense of style as soon as they stop doing that I'll stop saying that you shouldn't be balding okay okay next or not next continuing this story I was so baffled and furious what about when our vaginas tear so badly we can't walk for a few weeks men suffer equally then I asked him and he had the audacity to look me dead in the eye and say well 
sex is never the same for us. Oh, is it not, Greg? Oh my gosh, honey baby sweetie, I am so sorry that it is not the same for you. That is so, I'm so sorry. I can't believe you had to go through that. That is just, that's tough. Anyways, I, uh, I think if I knew this man, I'm really glad these are anonymous because I think if I found this man, I think I might Liam Neeson him. I will find you and I will kill you if you said this about women's bodies. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye. She says next at our wedding, everyone was giving toasts. My mother-in-law was going to share a story about how when my husband was young, he said he wanted to marry her, but in, okay, that's weird. But instead she shared that when he was a baby, he only slept on her chest. And now she knows why he married me because I have big, big boobs. So yeah. What? Why? Mothers, I don't know how many people out there are listening that are mothers-in-law. I feel like, so according to Instagram, the majority of you are between the ages of like 23 and 33 and you're female. So I don't know if any of you are old enough to be mothers-in-law, but if you are out there and you are a mother-in-law, how about not making a wedding toast about your future daughter-in-law's boobies? I think that is a good safe bet Um, that you can make on things not to do at your son's wedding. Okay, next. While me and my husband were dating, he would invite me over to hang out on Sunday nights, but his mom wouldn't ever let me come because she said, and I quote, as long as the ring is not on the finger, she is not family. I, moms, you're making things real hard on yourselves. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but what are you doing trying to compete with your son's wife? Why is that? That's what so many of these are about. So many mothers-in-law out there are like so strangely obsessed with their sons. Like they get jealous of the relationship he has with his wife. You guys serve two different purposes. Why are you so like, and it's not like, it's not like adult jealousy. It's like teenage fighting over the same boy jealousy. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, Okay, next. My in-laws decided to move across the country to come live by us. I'm not happy about it, but I can avoid them, I guess. My husband tells me she called and asked if his stepdad could move in with us for just two weeks when his new job starts and before their new house is ready. I say no. I'm not comfortable with someone living in my house for two weeks. They throw a huge hissy fit about how family takes care of each other, and I finally retract and say fine. Without any further discussion a few weeks later, they both move right in when quarantine starts and stay for five weeks. This is why, this is why we live in a small, small apartment. We don't even have enough room to have somebody over for dinner, let alone somebody live here. That's, that's my, maybe you should invest in a tiny house because if you have a tiny house, nobody can stay with you. Okay. Anyways, um, they stay with them for five weeks. They do not pay for any food or groceries except to buy themselves some snacks. They ask us every night what we're having for dinner. Okay. And they fight at least three times a day watching and they watch TV in the living room, even though there's a TV in their room. They just take up space. They both work from home. They fight. Did I just say that? Sorry. I got a little mixed up. So I tried to make it up on the spot. Um, She yells a lot and complains a lot. After five weeks, we explain that they need to leave. This is not what we agreed to. They immediately start yelling at me saying I'm selfish and I have money and they don't, don't, even though they just sold their house for half a million dollars. Literally delusional. I wish I had half a million dollars. Okay. They're screaming that they can't buy their new house next week if we kick them out, which is not how buying a house works. 
We kick them out anyways. They figure out an arrangement real quick, come back the next day to grab some stuff they left. I'm doing a final for school and she sits on my bed and tells me, I don't know how to take care of people. I don't understand forgiveness. She felt an evil presence in my home because of me that I yelled at her and made her uncomfortable when I actually repeatedly stated that that can't, whoa, stated they cannot stay another week. I did not raise my voice at any point, even though I really should have. She also said family doesn't have boundaries. After I explained, she broke every boundary I gave them. Here's what I don't understand. Okay. Um, Families should have the most boundaries. I firmly believe that you're so emotionally intertwined with these people that if you don't set clear boundaries, then it, it's explosive. Like I firmly believe that all families should have, I mean, some type of boundary that nobody breaks. Um, the evil presence in your home, that might be kind of cool. Maybe you should capitalize on that. Do you think that you could get a Ouija board next time she comes over? Um, let me know. I would be happy to send you one if like you're really trying to make sure she never comes back. Um, let's Ouija board it. Maybe, I'll, oh my gosh, I'll come wait outside and I'll like knock on the window as soon as you say like, is somebody there? And then I'll knock. She'll never come back. This is perfect. Okay, let me know what I can do for you. Next, my mother-in-law was texting my husband's family asking for their addresses to invite them to my bridal shower. There's bad blood between the family, so the cousin asked why she needed her ad- why she needed her address and my mother-in-law said, "For Ashley's bridal shower, my name is Lindsay." <laughs> Just the absolute wrong name. Oh, that's bad. Okay. Next, at a family reunion a few years ago, I dominated the speed walking competition for our Olympics. I beat out my ultra competitive brother-in-law whose legs are at least two times longer than mine and victory was mine. I can tell how much this meant to you. And like, I really love that for you. At the finish line, when I was declared the winner, I jumped for joy, but my celebration was short-lived when I broke the board on the dock beneath my feet and dropped maybe eight inches below to the sand, gashing my shin and breaking two toes. Whoa, that got real, uh, real dark. That's a serious injury. I I haven't broken a bone, but I do think I almost broke my toe when I tripped over a vacuum one time. Another time. Okay. My mother-in-law pipes up with, oh, sorry, I skipped skipped a paragraph. I was mortified and in so much pain. I wanted to die. I assured everyone I was fine, hobbled back to the cabin to clean my wounds, dust off my pride and prepare everyone for or prepare dinner for everyone. An hour or so later, everyone came back. I'd stopped crying, but it had been obvious that I'd cried a lot. My clueless in-laws decided to analyze the event, offering up reasons for why it might, you don't need that. We don't need reasons. We don't need any reasons. It's just a thing that happened. Um, I tell myself it was an attempt to make me feel better, but bless their hearts. They have no filters. My mother-in-law pipes up. Maybe it was your weight and then does not finish the sentence. I had just had baby number three a few months before and was not in a good place mentally about the state of my body. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This makes me so mad. I, my mom and I talk about it a little bit in our episode, but what is the generational like disconnect between us and like people are moms and grandmas ages about body image. They are so, so, so hung up and obsessed with skinny. Like they're so unbelievably, like there's no other way to be healthy or pretty. You just have to be skinny. And like, I get it. They don't know that things have changed, but like, yeah, you do. Like, you know, not to comment on somebody's weight a lot. And I mean, a lot of people had mothers-in-law that were commenting on their weight, their sister-in-law's weight, their friends, like a lot of people have had that experience with somebody. 
So if you're listening out there, your mother-in-law and you're, you know, looking for some advice, maybe don't comment on literally anybody's body ever in the history of time. Okay. Next, when we were getting married before he and I held hands, she held his hand the entire time and was crying so hard. Not even my own parents were acting like that. Okay. She's saying that when they were standing up there at the ceremony, getting married, like one of the groom's hands was like behind him holding his mom's hand who was sitting down. That's, I wonder if you have pictures of this. That would be a funny picture. Okay. She continues. So once we were married, she went wild with jealousy. This is what I'm talking about. The jealousy stuff. It's weird. It's bizarre. Okay. It's the weirdest thing. One time out of nowhere, at a family Sunday dinner, she said, letting my son marry you was the hardest thing I ever did. If that is the hardest thing you've ever done, you've had a pretty good life. Okay. I sat in shock. Then another time she said, Oh, she flat out told me you looked better yesterday. Then she also told all, told all my husband's siblings. She thinks I'm too, oh my gosh, quote unquote, too much of a dreamer. It's mostly because my husband and I are going to move away from our home state and she is obsessed with him. Truly, it is so weird. She gets jealous of me all the time and is always making comments about, about it, saying that my husband used to cuddle her and not me. Duh. When he was five, whenever he falls asleep at their house, she tries to cuddle with him. I don't even, okay, I am the only girl. I am my mom's only daughter. And we have never, we we haven't cuddled since 1997. Okay. Like we have not cuddled. Like I don't, that's weird to me. So when moms try and sit down and like snuggle up, I don't know. I'm not feeling great about it. This is what I mean when I'm saying moms and wives serve different purposes. Mom, cuddling, not on your list that's on her list. So, you know, also too much of a dreamer because you want to move away. I don't get that. Like, it's not like you want to like, I don't know, like go to Mars. Like you just want to move. Like that doesn't seem like that crazy to me. I don't know. Okay. Moving on. I need to get a little hydration. I honestly don't know how long this episode will be. I just saved the ones I liked and we're just going to keep going and see how, how it happens. Okay. Where is it? Oh yeah. Okay. When I had my first baby, we were dumb and naive and invited both of our parents to be at the hospital. Not knowing how long it would take, they came soon after I was admitted. As the contractions intensified, it was extremely painful. Before I was able to get the epidural, I was crying, literally in tears because of the pain. My father-in-law was in the room, right in my face, snapping pictures. I wanted to murder him. Finally, the nurse kicked him out after seeing how stupid he was. So eight hours later, and I still hadn't had the baby. I got to the point where I was pushing with only the nurse and my husband in the room with me. Our parents were waiting in the waiting room for us. My father-in-law kept asking, how long will this take? Can we leave yet? I'm bored. He went to the desk and asked to speak to the doctor, wanting to complain that it was taking too long. What is this? This is a Karen at an Outback Steakhouse. That's who asks to speak to the manager. It's taking too long. Okay. Um, I wasn't out there to witness all this, but my mom was, and she wanted to die of embarrassment. Like it hadn't it ha- like it had anything to do with him and his timetable. Needless to say, they were not invited to the hospital with future kids. We just went ahead and called them after the baby had came. A few honorable mentions. When my daughter was eight months old, baldish like most babies are at this point, he dead seriously asked me when she was going to start looking like a girl. Okay, babies don't look like males or females. They look like babies. And then their clothes look like boys or girls. Okay, all babies look like babies. Okay, uh... 
another one from her. He hired an acapella group to sing at our wedding breakfast. He didn't, we didn't ask for it, didn't want it, and he would not pay them. I hate acapella. Am I the only one? I hate acapella. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I can't stand it. I hate that pentatonics. Absolutely not. That main guy gives me the heebie-jeebies. Okay. Uh, The last thing from her, she says, when we opened up our wedding gifts, my in-laws were there to watch. Weird, weird tradition, but yeah. When he saw how much money we were gifted, he asked if we could pay him back for the wedding breakfast. He lingered just to see if he could get enough cash to pay back for the breakfast. Don't like that. I don't like it. Okay. Next, when me and my husband were dating, his mom owned a home in Logan that he lived in with some roommates. Okay, Logan. So that's like northern, northern Utah. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. His mother lived out of state and they weren't very close because his parents are divorced and he grew up in Utah with his dad. I only met his mom a couple times before we got married and she seemed really nice. Every time we saw her, she would buy me random things. She lived in a mansion and seemed to be very wealthy. After we got married, we moved into the house she owned in Logan and rented the basement out. A year later, we had to move to Utah Valley. So that's like, I don't know how far that is, two hours, three hours, whatever. A year later, we had to move to Utah Valley for school and she wanted us to sell the home she owned in Logan. So we sold it for her and started looking for apartments to rent where we were moving. She insisted that we buy another house in Utah Valley, but we told her no several times. She kept pushing the issue and we ended up buying a small house. She told us she wanted to gift us the money for the down payment as an advance on my husband's inheritance and it was a gift. The money was gifted as a down payment and we got a mortgage for the rest of the house. After we moved in a couple months later, we get a text out of the blue that she wanted us to move out in two days and she was going to sell the house. We were so confused and thought she might be not be doing okay and it would blow, blow over. She called us a week later apologizing that she was just drunk and didn't mean it. We were like, okay, and the same thing happened the next month. We thought, okay, she's it's just the same thing. She's drunk or something and she doesn't mean it. The house is in our name and she can't sell it anyways. We tried to call her, but she wouldn't answer. Next thing we know, we have a person knocking at our door, serving us papers. She is suing us for twice the amount of money she gifted us to put down, plus $50,000 she says she loaned us to pay for my fertility treatments. Funny thing, we never had fertility treatments. So we are being sued by my husband's mother. Okay, so a lot of people, a lot of people have like really weird or awkward interactions with their in-laws. I just want to say this one might might be my number one, my number one nightmare. Money stuff stresses me out. Even like when we get our tax return, like something super normal, I'm like panicked about it. Like the money stuff just I'm not good at it and it freaks me out. So yeah, so maybe like some of you had to like deal with awkward things, but at least you are not going into financial ruin because of your mother-in-law. Honestly, that feels like, I feel like you have a pretty good case. I'm no lawyer, but uh, I have seen Legally Blonde a handful of times. I also watched the first season of How to Get Away with Murder. So yeah, I know quite a bit and you're good. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, that's my assessment. Okay, next. My best in-law story is when I met my future father-in-law for the first time. My husband and I were dating, but we were at the stage where we were planning on getting engaged. His parents were divorced and both still single. I met his mom and the rest of his family long before I met his dad. The first time I met his dad was at a family gathering. I introduced myself and extended to shake his hand. He shook my hand and just kept slowly shaking. The painful handshake turned into a thumb war. I awkwardly participated in in the thumb war. (laughs) When he dropped my thumb, he said, hey, Ben, not the real name. Hey, Ben, now I can say I played around with your girlfriend. 
I was dumbfounded. I awkwardly laughed it off while my now sister-in-law chastised her father for being inappropriate. Thank you. I'm telling you, what's with this humor? Making women uncomfortable is not a genre, folks. Okay. Um, it might be worth noting that I was 27 and he was 70. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely worth noting. Okay, next. My mother-in-law needed help getting photos from her phone onto her computer and I offered to help. It's a dangerous game to help adults, not adults, <laughs> to help parents with anything like techie. Um, in the process, I was horrified to find several nudes of my father-in-law. Sorry to get explicit, but these weren't cutesy sneak peek pictures. These were full-on erect pictures. I don't think I'll ever recover. I, I cannot stomach this one. This, I thought, if you have, no, no, don't even, don't even let your mind go there. It's a really dark place. I am so sorry. I need, okay. She says, sorry. I like, honestly need a break after that one. That is traumatizing. Like now I think about it. Would you rather have that or be sued for a hundred thousand dollars? Honestly be sued. Okay. Next. I went on a trip to Lake Powell with my in-laws and one of their family friends without my husband because it's Lake Powell and who would pass up that opportunity. Um, yeah, I've never been to Lake Powell. Just FYI, I was invited a couple times, but I couldn't go. I'm, I'm like always like looking to mooch. So like if you are going to Lake Powell and you need to invite somebody, I'm like very available. So I just want to put that out there. A couple of days into the trip, we decided to take a jet ski with me, my father-in-law, and a few of their family friends. I was on the back of the jet ski with my father-in-law, kind of awkward to begin with because I feel like riding on the back of anything with someone is the op of the opposite sex is like inherently somewhat intimate. Motorcycles, jet skis, four-wheelers, whatever. Like, what am I supposed to hold on to? You? <laughs> no, this is true. It's also the same thing like when you are in the single rider line, like at a theme park and you get put with a random person right next to you on the, or like right in front of you or something on the <laughs> roller coaster. There's like a lot of sexual tension. <laughs> you guys know it. I mean, okay. So we're ch the, she. This is her story. She goes on. So we're chatting, and I'm trying to make conversation, and I bring up that his his son, my husband, is not super romantic when it comes to surprises and gifts. And then the convo ended, and we moved on. Uh, sorry, I said convo. I don't know why I said convo. Conversation. Okay, so we're riding along with the rest of the crew. We grab ice cream at Dangling Rope, which apparently I should know what that is, but I don't because I've never been. And then we go explore some canyons. The rest of the group left and my father-in-law wanted to keep exploring. I'm like, all right, I kind of want to go back, but whatever. So we're in this canyon alone with no one in sight. And he randomly says to me, you know, I can still make my wife orgasm and we're 60 years old. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. This is like two hours after I brought up anything about relationships. And also, I don't want to know about that. Also, we're on a jet ski alone with no one in sight in swimsuits. Needless to say, that ride back was so long. This is not funny in the slightest. I don't get how that thought could come into somebody's brain and they would, you know, check it off as this is a good sentence to say to my daughter-in-law. I am telling you, making women uncomfortable. That is their genre. They think it's cool and funny. Not here for this. Okay. I'm really sorry that happened to you. I will fight him. Here we go. Next one. My mother-in-law told me that if I have an epidural, I wouldn't be part of the family. What? 
Then after sitting her down and saying that only my husband and I would be in there when she had, when I had the baby, she still came because I had an emergency C-section. I was put to sleep. I woke up and I hadn't seen my baby yet. I then found out that she had gone to the newborn intensive care unit and seen him without asking any of us. When asking her about it, she said that it was a traumatic birth for her and that she deserved to see the baby first. See, now when I read this, I am... I am confused on how this woman had, let's say, the talent for making your C-section about her. Like, that is a really, I mean, that's hard to do. But, you know, she pulled through and this became about her. I just want to say, I am like a really, I'm like, I'm really aggressively supportive of mothers. Like, I think moms, like... If you have, if you are raising a child, if you've birthed a child, if you have a child, if you've helped with a child, I am so impressed. I am not, I, like, I think that's why I don't have kids yet. Like, I haven't reached that level of goodness in my life to be able to do something like that. Like, I, anyways, we can get more into that later because I feel like there's a lot of mom stories. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, she says, okay, I have a mother-in-law story for you. My sister called me almost in tears today because when she got home from work, her front door had been painted red. Her boys beat her home from school, so she walked in and asked them why their door was red, and they said, Grandma was here when we got home, and she was painting it. It's terrible, and Clash is so bad. My sister is not a bold statement door person. <laughs> I mean, is that is anybody a bold statement door person? I don't even know if that's still around. Um, and she says her door was perfect the way it was. I love a defensive sister. Her door was perfect, Ellen. You didn't need to come paint it. Also, that's like a really weird surprise. Like if you're going to pop in on your daughter-in-law and your grandkids to like give them something, maybe bring like a cake, maybe a fall candle. I just, I'm not sure that painting somebody's door, like why would that come, why would that be why would that occur to somebody? I don't know. Okay, this next one is uh, pretty long. It's pretty long. I just want to say that. Okay. About eight years, we were moving from Seattle to Boston so my husband could go back to school for his master's. This move was emotional and hard, logistically, emotionally hard and logistically complicated. My husband would be driving our stuff across the country with some buddies. And since we had three small kids at the time, we decided I would take them to Arizona, where we are from, for the week while he drove. My mother-in-law offered to help. As she is fairly unreliable, I declined, but she was so insistent, so I reluctantly agreed to let her help me fly down with the kids from Seattle to Phoenix. The day of our flight, our home was completely empty, van was packed, goodbyes were said. I was already very emotionally tapped out. So we arrive at the airport, check our bags, and head to our gate. With small kids, you got to be there for family boarding so you can all sit together. It's Southwest. Um, we had plenty of time, so I thought I would take the older two to the back to the restroom. I left my phone, purse, and boarding passes on the stroller with my infant son and asked my mother-in-law to please wait right here while I took them to the bathroom. She said, I'll keep walking. And I said, no, please, our gate is right there. As I pointed out our gate, just a short walk up the terminal. I took the girls to the restroom, came out, and my mother-in-law was gone. Annoyed, I figured she must have walked to the gate. So I went to our gate. She wasn't there. I went back to the bathroom. Wasn't there. Checked the airport shops. Bathroom again. Gate again. Nowhere. We're This... I'm like out of breath and a little bit sweaty because airport stuff stresses me out so bad. I get there. I'm like a three hour early gal. Like if I, I don't even know what to do when you miss a flight. Like I'm so, I hate it all. So anyways, 
We are running out of time and they are starting to board. Imagine me hustling with two small girls down the length of the terminal, calling out my mother-in-law's name, getting more and more panicked. As I start to cry, so do my girls. Remember, I have no phone, no wallet, no boarding pass, no home to go back to, and our bags are already checked on this flight. We miss, If we miss this flight and I have three small kids with only what is in my diaper bag, until we can fly. Okay, let me start then. If we miss this flight, I have three small kids with only what is in my diaper bag until we can fly out. Also, we were so poor at the time that the idea of paying for a hotel and random airplane food and diapers was super stressful to me. I ran to the gate and asked if maybe she had boarded the flight. They couldn't or wouldn't tell me. And this lady was so rude, obviously annoyed that we were holding up boarding and completely immune to my obvious distress. Finally, I see my mother-in-law way down the terminal. I run to her and grab the stroller. I tell her to please hurry. We are going to miss the flight. No time for questions or explanations. I start running full speed, uh, pushing it. Let's see. I'm running. I keep losing my space. I start running full speed, pushing a stroller, still dragging two crying little girls. I get to the gate, scan our boarding passes and turn to see that my mother-in-law is walking to the gate. You guys know how I feel about people with no hustle. I hate it. I'm so furious at that point that I'm pretty sure everything was red and steam was coming out of my ears like a cartoon. (laughs) The airline attendant told tells me they got to close the gate. I say, she's right there. She's coming. She says, I don't care. Get on the plane or move. So I stand in the doorway of the walk in the doorway of the walkway. So she physically can't close it. She was not happy. This is a post 9-11 world. And I'm pretty sure she was going to call security on me any second. Finally, my mother-in-law gets there and somehow we are allowed to board. I'm sweaty, puffy from crying and furious. We walk on no seats together anywhere. People are already annoyed because we are making the plane late. I choke up any last courage I can muster to ask if anyone would move so I can sit by my small children. No one even makes eye contact. At that point, I am officially out of F's to give and I say, okay, who wants to watch my kids on this four hour flight? (laughs) That worked. Finally, someone moved. So my mother-in-law can sit in the back with my two girls and I can sit in the front in a middle seat with my baby son. I sit down, bury my head in his soft baby hair and sob hysterically, shoulders shaking at all. The poor lady next to me offered the most awkward there, there shoulder pat of all time. I'm sure she tells the story of the crazy lady sobbing on the plane at parties. So much for help on my flight down, right? Okay, we're almost there. This is the last part. Now, my mother-in-law is the queen of revisionist history. When we finally arrive in Phoenix, I ask her what on earth had happened. Where did she go? She starts rambling, telling and retelling the story. First version was I had pointed her in the wrong direction and she didn't hear me ask her to wait. Second version was that she asked the pilot where the gate was and he pointed her in the wrong direction. Third version was signs at the airport were wrong. Then she started to veer off into the fact that she was right there close, but we didn't see each other. By the time we got picked up, she had practically convinced herself it hadn't even happened. Who knows what the real story is, but most likely she just decided not to listen to me, got lost and didn't want to take the blame. Needless to say, I have never asked her for help with anything important since. Wow. Okay, this one, this one, like this one stresses me out on another level and a couple stories that came to mind when I, when I was reading this. So first off, like I was saying, I am aggressively supportive of mothers and especially when moms are on planes with babies, because I know that it's really kind of a nightmare, especially if your kid is crying a lot. Like if if there's a crying baby, I can guarantee the parents are having a way worse time than you are listening to the baby cry. Like you're fine. You're fine. If somebody's baby is crying, deal with it. Like it's not a big deal. You get to get off the plane and go home. Like what's the big deal? Stop crying about it. So anytime I sit by a mom with a baby, I'm always like, hey, just so you know, it's totally cool. I've got sisters-in-law. I've got nieces and nephews. I'm totally cool with babies. If you need any help, I'm here. Don't worry if you cry. They're like, okay, we we got it. 
like I'm almost positive people have like wanted to move away from me because I probably seem like I'm trying to steal their baby. But really, I just want them to know that it's cool if their baby cries. Another story that came to mind was just this is totally random and has literally nothing to do with motherhood or anything at all. It only has to do with the airport. But anyways, so whenever Matt and I travel internationally, we always we usually like buy tickets from a couple different airlines because we're trying to find the best deal. So because of that, we don't ever check luggage because I don't want to have to check a bag and then go get it off of baggage claim and then recheck in for a new flight. I'd rather just stay in the terminal with carry-ons. So we were in London and we were coming home and we just had uh, like a little tiny roller suitcase and a backpack. Like that's what both of us had. And they say that there's a a weight limit, but like there's no way that they're going to weigh it because we don't ever stop at a scale or anybody to check it. So we didn't really think about it. So we're about to get on the plane and the flight attendant looks at us and she's like, your bags look heavy. Let me weigh them. And I'm like, the bags look heavy. Okay, whatever. There's no way it's that heavy because whatever. It's just a couple things. So she weighs it. It's like 30 pounds overweight, like for real 30 pounds. Like the, the weight limit was half of what we do in the US, which just seems like it fits, right? Like, of course, Americans have to have like 50 pounds extra. Anyways, it was really, really overweight. And she was like, well, you can either leave your bag here, pay 150 euros, which was like, or 150 pounds, which is like, I don't know, $200, uh, $200 per bag to check it. Or you can like throw stuff away or you can get left by the flight. Did I already at least say that option? Those were pretty much our options. So I'm bawling hysterically. Like I am hysterical. And I'm thinking that we're either going to have to pay a bunch of money like that. We didn't even pay that much for like our tickets over here. So I'm like, we either have to pay that or throw stuff away. And cost wise, it just made more sense to throw our stuff away and just get new stuff when we came home. So I am legitimately just throwing my stuff in the trash can. I'm throwing my boots, my jeans, all of my makeup, um, everything, anything that like has any weight at all. I'm pretty sure when I was done, I had like socks and bras left. Like that was it. So we throw all of our stuff away. I'm crying. Just side note, this lady had the audacity to come up to me and was like, hey, I'm really uncomfortable with you disposing of your clothes like that. It's bad for the environment. I'm like, okay, what would you like me to do, ma'am? I'm at Terminal B. Would you like me to leave and go to a Goodwill and donate these? I don't know what you want me to do because I could just leave them here. Do you want to take them home? Okay. So anyways, I get on the plane. I am hysterical. I'm already stressed. I hate I hate flying. It's my biggest fear. Um, Matt and I were not sitting together, so I'm all by myself. Then listen to what happened next. I see like five people getting on the plane and they're walking up the aisle and they they all stop at me and they all give me a piece of clothing that I had thrown away. They had gone into the trash can after I had boarded and they got my stuff out and they held on to it and kept it on their uh, in, in their luggage. And then when they saw me, they gave it to me. Is that not the most pure act of selflessness you've ever heard? Like they, one girl like dug through the trash and got my straightener out of it, my blow dryer. Like it was unbelievable. It was like one of those moments that I truly did believe in like goodness. It was, it's like one of my favorite memories. So if you're out there, there's no way you are, but man, that made that that made it to my journal. Okay, now back to the terrible stories. When my husband and I were engaged, my soon-to-be mother slash father-in-law dropped by my college apartment one evening. She came in and decided to give herself a tour. She ended up in my sister's room, found a thong on the floor, 
Clean? Dirty? Who knows? She definitely didn't. Not caring whether it had been worn or not, she decided to put it on her head and come out to the living room where we were all gathered. She started spouting some nonsense like, what is this? It can't be underwear because there's nothing to it. So it must be some sort of headwear or something. Is this how you wear these? Needless to say, I was mortified. My sister was disgusted and my husband didn't do much to stop her crazy ramblings. How I ended up married into this family and not belting, oh, bolting the other direction, I still don't know. She's just getting crazier with age. Yeah, your mother-in-law putting your sister's dirty undies on her on her head. <laughs> why didn't you say anything? Like, sometimes you guys submit stories and I'm like, why did no one say anything? If somebody came out of my bedroom with a thong on their head, I would say, oh my gosh, put that down. Don't touch it and leave. But what? whatever, what do I know? You guys know I like to absolve myself of any blame. So I always am like, I don't know. Don't listen to me, though, just in case you do it and it ends badly. Okay, next. She says, my husband was still on his parents' phone plan early on in our marriage. Well, something happened with the mysterious iCloud. I hate, I hate anything cloud-like. Like, what? what is it? What do you mean? I don't like it. What's in there? Can somebody help me? Okay. Somehow things synced up for my husband on my father-in-law's phone. This happened pretty shortly after our honeymoon, meaning all of the pictures from this newlywed man are now on his dad's phone. So lingerie, bikini pics, a few nudies, all of it. Well, he called my husband asking what was going on with the phones and why they are synced up and why he suddenly has all of my husband's pictures on his phone. Apparently, they decided he just needed to go to the phone store and sort it all out. Well, my husband failed to inform me of this fun little mishap. And weeks later, his parents take us to dinner. Casually, at the dinner table, his dad says, well, now I've got all these pornographic pictures on my phone. Me being so confused at this statement, my husband busts up laughing and says, oh, you didn't get that fixed? His dad proceeds to hand my husband his phone where I see him scroll through all of these pictures, absolutely mortified. Finally, my husband deleted them, but I can't get over the fact that they were there for weeks. This makes me uncontrollably angry. Like this makes me, like that is not normal. It is not normal that your father-in-law had those photos and didn't even try to delete them. And it's weird that you didn't know. I am really upset about that. Like that's, I don't like that at all. What you guys, what? no, no, no. That or lose $100,000, lose $100,000 for sure. No questions asked. <sighs> okay. I'm really sorry. Next. We were traveling out of state to visit a sibling and my mother-in-law decided that bacon was cheaper where she loves than when we were, than where we were going. Is Are there like bacon taxes in different states? I don't know. So she bought 20 pounds of bacon and decided to bring it all with us on the plane. We came to the airport in separate cars and she had sent her daughter with her suitcase. The suitcase already went through TSA when my mother-in-law comes running in. I forgot to put my bacon in there. She asked the TSA agent to pull it back out and he says it's too far gone at this point. So she asks him how she should get her bacon to our destination. He just looks at her and said, well, there's no reason why it can't go through as a carry-on. So my mother-in-law decided to carry 20 pounds of bacon onto a plane. Worst part is it wasn't even in a cooler and it had been out of the fridge for at least six hours and she still served it with every meal. First of all, who needs that much bacon? I mean, nobody needs that much bacon, especially not like in a pinch. Like, it's not like, oh, I really need to make sure I bring bacon. It's not like something you can't get everywhere, you know? Like, it's not like you're going camping and you're like, oh, I need to make sure I bring a sleeping bag. 
Like you're just going to a different city and you're like, yeah, I need to bring 20 pounds of warm bacon. Can you imagine sitting next to it? Gross. Or maybe awesome. I kind of like the smell of bacon. Is that bad? Is that weird? Okay. Next. She says, sorry, I lost my place. Why do I keep losing it? Okay. It was our wedding night and our reception was wrapping up. We had spent the night celebrating with friends and family and we were now saying goodbye in front of an innuendo covered Corolla. <laughs> I hate that tradition, by the way. I, I, I like would not let anybody touch our car. Like I didn't want to drive with like a dick on my windshield. Okay. My mother-in-law had been emotional all day, so I was surprised when I didn't see her lined up with everyone else to send us off. We were exhausted and ready to get back to the hotel my parents had booked for us, so I didn't think much of it. Our family stayed behind to clean up their reception hall as we drove away. Upon arrival at the hotel, I found out why my mother-in-law had not wished us farewell. Apparently, our night was not beginning, as his mother texted to say she would be by soon to pass off some of my husband's stuff and to visit for a bit. As you can imagine, I wasn't too happy to hear that my mother-in-law would be crashing my wedding night. Since we were leaving the next morning to caravan across the country with my family, I offered for my mom to grab his stuff while they were cleaning and just to bring it then. My husband agreed and called his mom to tell her to leave his stuff with mine. She promptly responded with an aggressive okay and hung up with the phone. Within moments, his dad called and tried to plead with us to let them come over. Apparently, Apparently, upon hanging up, my mother-in-law fell to pieces about how her son didn't want to see her anymore, and she would have just hung out for 15 minutes or so. She was sobbing to my husband's other siblings, and they tried to explain why we would want to relax and be alone. Yeah, it's not like that confusing of a situation. You just got married. You want to have a wedding night. I guess she didn't get the why we why couldn't we all relax together? Anyways, she anyways, talking to his dad, we decided to have them come by in the morning and we could have breakfast together. She must have still been mad because they stood us up and my father-in-law sent us a text saying that my mother-in-law wasn't feeling well and she wanted to relax. That was our last chance to see them before we moved across the country and they did not follow. That Okay, play out this scenario. Married or unmarried. I want you to play out this scenario. You're married the you're marrying the love of your life, okay? You have a magical wedding day. You're then going to the hotel to have a magical wedding night. And your mother-in-law is sitting in the lounge chair in your hotel room <laughs> with the stationery, with the hotel stationery just hanging around. Picture that. Tell me that is not your greatest nightmare realized. Okay. Just, just sit with that for a little bit. Uh, the next one I went, she went, sorry, my mother-in-law went through my dresser drawers looking for lingerie to make sure her son was being taken care of in the bedroom. I don't know about you guys. I don't know. Is this something I should share? I'm not a lingerie gal. I just, I just thought I'd put that out there. I just look dumb. I look stupid in them. I love those like boudoir photo shoots, but I'm too scared. I'm too scared of them. But anyways, uh, that was an unnecessary commentary on that. That's weird. What is it with moms and touching undies? Stop it. Stop that immediately. Okay. I was pregnant with my first baby and I had to get induced. My husband and I were trying to keep our families updated on what was going on. I started on Pitocin at like 6 or 7 a.m. and the day was going smoothly until about 10 a.m. and then the unthinkable happened. Guess who shows up to be a part of my whole laboring process? My in-laws. I was kind of annoyed they were there, but I didn't want to come off as a crazy laboring pregnant lady, even though you were and you should have been. Okay. Plus, I'm not confrontational and I didn't want to have to deal with it at that moment. So I just let them stay. The nurses could tell that they were annoying. So they told 
So they told me they could get rid of everyone except my husband. But the thing was, I wanted my mom in there and not my in-laws. How was I supposed to tell the nurses to kick them out but have my mom stay without them overheating or getting offended? Anyway, I tried to ignore them. I was progress progressing. <laughs> I was progressing and contract. By the way, are you guys impressed with my knowledge of Pitocin? I know what that is, I think. Um, I'm uh, <laughs> Okay. I was progressing and contractions were getting worse. I decided to get an epidural. After the epidural was placed, it seemed to not be working while I was simultaneously starting to transition. I don't know what that means, but it's a baby thing. I was so nauseous and in so much pain and my in-laws were just there watching the whole thing. I don't even think my mom was in the room at this time. My father-in-law, who likes to be annoying on purpose because he thinks he's funny, could tell I was in pain. So guess what he decided to do to help me relax? He decided to play smooth jazz music to help calm me down. Now, I'm sure there are some people who like jazz, but that was seriously the last thing I wanted to hear. That put me over the edge. I grabbed my husband's shirt and just said, get him out. Luckily, it was loud enough to get the point across without my husband having to do so do much work. But seriously, if you want to make any labor experience worse, just have your uninvited father-in-law play jazz mu- music. It won't do the trick. Uh, that one doesn't sound like it's that bad. But I mean, again, put yourself in that situation. Okay, next. They invited my husband's ex-fiance over for Christmas as an overnight guest. (laughs) Uh, The same person says, my in-laws felt that our wedding was going to be extravagant. A, oh, be too extravagant. A, it wasn't. B, we were paying for it ourselves anyways. So before we sent out the invitations, they booked a fire hall. A fire hall? Should I know what that is? A fire hall down the road from them on an afternoon that me and my now husband both had to work and made a Facebook event for our apparent wedding. Called my father saying we had changed our minds and asked if he would pay for the new wedding, proceeded to invite people and told them that to bring their own food, and then got mad at us when we were like WTF when we finally received the Facebook invites to our own wedding. We canceled everything and eloped. That is, I applaud that decision. You guys know I wish I would have eloped. That is like my all-time, my all-time dream. Okay, next. My parents are obsessed with not circumcising boys. Well, actually, my whole family is weirdly obsessed with it. It's a normal point of conversation with my extended family. I can't say that that is normal. I can't say that I know any family who talks that much about circumcision, but, you know, to each their own. When I was getting married, my parents asked about my husband's, you know, nether regions and if he was circumcised or not. I know, WTH. Anywho, after being married for about a month, we were at dinner with my parents when my mom says to my husband, I thought I'd send you this interesting article. It's proof that men who are circumcised have less brain cells than men who aren't. So yeah, my husband and I abruptly left and now we are expecting a baby boy in December. The conversation about his little manhood, no pun intended, comes up every time we see them. Okay, first of all, why would your mom even tell your husband that? Like you can't uncircumcise somebody. Wait, can you? I don't think you can. You guys know that I say things really confidently and then I slowly start to doubt myself. But it seems weird that you would go up to somebody who's circumcised and be like, hey, by the way, you're dumber than guys who are not cut. And there's just nothing you can do about it. I feel like maybe you're European and maybe that's why, because I don't feel like that's normal in America to not be for it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, let's move along. My mother-in-law, okay, I must have accidentally cut off part of it, but pretty much she's planning her wedding. 
Her mother-in-law called her and said she was canceling my rehearsal dinner because it was outside in Arizona and in April. And she said that she didn't want to get sweat in her armpits because it was going to be too hot. She said nobody will ever make her sweat. She just won't do it. It was the worst thing that could ever happen to her. Like, again, the worst, like the worst thing that can ever happen to you is getting sweaty armpits. Like, that's like, no, 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 no. She then said, I don't care about you and your wedding. I'm paying for it. So I get to do what I want with the rehearsal dinner. You still get to have your wedding. She then told me in the same phone call that she doesn't love me and that she she would to- only tolerate me because we both loved her son. But that's the only thing that would tie us together. Let me remind you, this happened because I chose to have my rehearsal dinner outside. Like the, I don't know, when you're saying the sentence, the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And then the next part is my armpits get sweaty. Like if that's it, like, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know how many of you are mothers-in-law. A, a, a lot of you are probably future mothers-in-law. I mean, this is a really good guide of like what to literally never, please, please, please never do ever in your whole life ever. Okay. We're down to our last couple. I feel like we really zoomed through these. Did I, am I wrong or did that go by really fast? Okay. Well, we'll just keep it, keep it up. I invited my in-laws to spend Christmas at our home and tried to make it super special. I made stockings for them and bought all of their favorite food items so they could feel super comfortable. After presents opening on Christmas Eve, my in-laws went downstairs. About an hour later, we heard doors slamming, yelling. My father-in-law marched upstairs, got in his car and left. I went downstairs. Okay, I'm going to have to (laughs) don't listen to this one with your kids. Skip like a minute and a half. Uh, I didn't. Okay. My father-in-law marched upstairs, got in his car and left the house. I went downstairs to see what was going on. And my mother-in-law was crying. I asked what was going on. And she said, I didn't want to do the butt sex stuff. And he got mad and left. I froze. I tried to act like I wasn't about to run into my guest room and burn it to the ground. I stayed composed. I calmed her down and went upstairs where I was confronted by my husband who immediately asked, what did she say? What's going on? I could not let my husband know the truth. To this day, he thinks they got in a fight over a Keurig coffee machine, which was the first thing I saw when he confronted me about the situation. And all I could get out was coffee. (laughs) Oh, I wish they had been arguing over coffee and ripped to my beautiful pottery, pottery barn bedding. No, like, honestly, I mean, this cannot be, that cannot have really happened. I mean, would any adult woman say that to her? Like, when I first read this, I almost thought you were lying. Because to, for somebody to say that to their daughter-in-law, can you imagine that? Like, why are you that upset about it, too? Like, why are you in that big of a huff? If your husband is leaving the house over that, you guys have some deep-rooted issues. Call me. We'll find a therapist. Okay. Ah. Uh. Last one, guys. We're on our last one. Wow. We really did it. We really, we really got through this one. I'm so happy. Okay. My in-laws came and stayed with us for a few years ago for Christmas. They were with us for eight days, which is like five days too many. That's like seven days too many. Okay. Let's just say they aren't the tidiest of people. One of the days I came home after the most exhausting day at work and started to do their dishes they had left in the sink. That's when I noticed my mother-in-law had been stashing eggshells in the bottom of the sink in the drain that doesn't actually drain. Do you know what I'm talking about? So I'm furious before who, because who does that? And I start scooping them out to put them down the disposal. When I go to turn the disposal on, I see that she has taken Sharpie and written no 
on the wall next to it because she kept accidentally turning it on when she was going for the cabinet light, a Sharpie. I'm pretty sure I just blacked out after that because I don't even remember what happened. Why? Why? Why would that be the choice you make? Like, I can't, like, why not put a piece of tape on it? Like, why not, why would you not think to do that? That's very strange to me. Um, Wow, you guys all have really bad in-laws. I wish I could have picked so many more. Seriously, I really do. That We could have done this for, I could have done, I was debating whether I should do two parts or if we should just smash them in and get these all out there. And I went with smash. I went with the smash technique. Um, But wow, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for suggesting this topic. Of course, always 100% of the time, my DMs are open for topic suggestions. I think like the next four weeks are all suggestions that you guys gave me. So I'm super pumped. Um, Pumped? Are people still saying pumped? I don't know. I also had a question if people are still saying um, it's a no from me dog. Like I feel like it's still cool. I still like to say it, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, if it's cool anymore. So if you're Gen Z, if you could let me know. Anyways, thank you guys for being here, for listening, for being my very best friends. Thank you for all of the incredible messages, reviews. Uh, thanks to everybody who takes time to say anything to me, any, you know, anything positive. Those of you who take time to say negative things about the podcast or about me, no thank you. No thank you, sir. Okay. But anyways, I love you so very much. Make sure to rate and review. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the bad broadcast. Uh, I think that about does it. I love you all so much. Have a safe week. Talk to you soon. Bye.